fugitives for you Wheels his bloody flank to run you It's Marcy, and we're back on the subject of seriousness. Uh, we're talking about fear mongering today and uh, approaching the topic of fear, what it does to us, and how it's helpful and can be harmful. I'm afraid. <laughs> and when I say I'm concerned, because I, I love these, I was thinking about the um tactics of how we avoid creating creating fear out of talking about fear mongering and i was like well maybe i can use the word i'm concerned and then i thought well it's pretty much the same thing as saying that i'm i'm in fear being concerned is a, a source of fear because that's what concern is, is you're afraid of the outcome. I, I, I think that, that if, if we're going concern to fear, concerned is like a one and right. fear is like a five if we're on a one to five scale. Right, right. So it or, sounds better, which is going to play into uh, what I want to read off today to, to create a platform of how semantics is so important. Oh, spin, absolutely. Yes. It's important. In and how you address the here. Yes. Yes. So, and be more like to be more specific, we're not just talking about the idea of being afraid. We are talking about how the media and marketing manipulates us into being afraid. And then we as human beings manipulate other human beings and ourselves into being afraid. Right. It, it's okay. kind of like a, it, it spreads. This isn't this isn't the fear of spiders episode. <laughs> no, it's not. It's what it's, I'm trying to get at. This is the, this is the fear of ideas of yes. of consequences that that sort of a fear. Yeah, I, and just so you know, I'm not really afraid of spiders. Phobias. Yeah, no I, germ I'm, phobia, no no spider. I'm afraid of heights. It has nothing to do with that. I'm afraid of heights too. Yeah. I, even in my dreams, I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid so. of heights because they make me really want to jump. Oh, I don't have that problem. I just get really dizzy. Oh, no, I just want to jump. And I know that's a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah, that's a really bad idea. I, I wouldn't suggest that. Yeah. So but I in my research um, that I did on, because I, I wanted to really delve into the semantics of fear and um, I came across an article from JSTOR, but the, the main theory that Okay, so I what found, is JSTOR? JSTOR, I'm sorry? What, what is it? It's, it's a German-based journal, right? It is a journal that's used by scholars. It's J-S-T-O-R, and it is a 
platform in which you can upload articles, um, okay. scholarly articles mainly. And Right. And I just want to mention a pet peeve of yours with uploading scholarly articles is generally there is a fee associated yes. with this. Um, and right now, JSTOR is allowing us, everyone, uh, during COVID, access to 100 articles a month with no fee associated. Correct. Because if you want to subscribe, it's $19.50. Wow. If you want to download an article, it's $14. Now, if you're affiliated with a college mm -hmm. or a public library that's affiliated with it, which uh, when I did research, Indianapolis Public Library is not affiliated that I could find with JSTOR. Now, I did not call my librarian. Oh, you know how I like to call the librarian. No, that, that is the best way to get information is make friends with your librarians and call them because they love to find out things. Exactly. Well, I didn't realize that until you actually called one because you know me, I like to do it myself. So I don't like or, to rely on others. Or the hard way. I like to farm everything out if I can. Yeah, I like to do it myself. <laughs> I mean, I was, I that, was my, that. Yeah. that was my business. That's what I did and I yeah. enjoyed it. Like I want to be able to find the source and have access to it immediately. I don't want to have to wait. So I have an impatience problem, mm. uh, whereas you don't. Um, nope. I mean, not when it comes to that. But Betty, if I call you, you better call me right back. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you also have a patience problem. I do. It's just but a it's different. different. It's different. Yeah. It's it's just phone call based. It's just phone call based. <laughs> so when I ran across this prospect theory, it is on Wikipedia. Uh -huh. uh, and of course, if I find it on Wikipedia, I never just solely rely on Wikipedia for my right. information. Right. Uh, because it's it can be manipulated. People can change the information. Absolutely. Um, so, but it is a good source to um, jump off of as a platform. Yes. So yes. the prospect theory is a theory of the psychology of choice and finds application in behavioral economics and behavioral finance. And it was developed by a German by the name of Daniel Kahneman and another gentleman by the name of Amos Tversky in 1979 okay so we're we're going back 40 years, years. Yeah. but it does have relevance um it is being used today the theory was cited in the decision to award kahneman the 2002 Nobel memorial prize in economics so he he received money for his theory and um it's based on results from controlled studies, it describes how individuals assess their loss and gain perspectives in an asymmetric manner. That's mm -hmm. a lot. Let, yeah. I'm going to break it down more easily. In, an example is for some individuals, the pain from losing $1,000 could only be compensated by the pleasure of earning $2,000. Thus, contrary to the expected utility theory, which I didn't even look up that theory, 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's just tit for tat, basically. Well, it's a model. It models the decision that perfectly rational agents would make. So rational not being what human beings normally do. Prospect theory aims to describe the actual behavior of people. So a more realistic uh, point of view that he took that, yes, if you were completely rational all the time, you would you would make different decisions. Yes. But he found that people are a 50-50 type situation. And in the original formulation of the theory, the term prospect referred to the predictable results of a lottery. So he used uh, the concept of a lottery. Mm -hmm. However, prospect theory can also be applied to the prediction of other forms of behaviors and decisions. And um, the theory described the decision process in two stages. And this is going to get a little deep, but we're going to we're going to expand from this after I get done reading. Um, I I just want to put some facts out before we start talking about anecdotal. um, Absolutely. I like, you know, I appreciate the facts, even though I don't look for them right now. I like <laughs> myself anyway. I appreciate that you did some legwork on this. In particular, people decide which outcomes they consider equivalent, set a reference point, and then consider lesser outcomes as losses and greater ones as gain. Absolutely, and and we do this in an instant. We yes. we do we do not do this. I mean, it it happens in our brain in an instant, which I find fascinating because it is not at all rational. Well, he came to the conclusion that the editing phase aims to alleviate any framing effects. So it also aims to resolve isolation effects stemming from individuals' propensity to often isolate consecutive probabilities instead of treating them together. Yeah. So it's a very narrow view sometimes that we take. We don't look at all the options we we like to look at one, the one we want. So the editing process can be viewed as composed of coding, combination, segregation, cancellation, simplification, and detection of dominance. Yes. Now that's a lot of that's a lot of what I would call scholarly terminology. But he breaks it down so that people like me um, can understand the concepts better. Uh, so what what he's saying is that uh, we we see things as a a gain or a loss, um, depending on how they're framed. Yeah, depending on how they're framed, how they're okay. presented to us. Yes. So the framing effect is a cognitive base bias where people decide on options based on whether the options are presented with positive or negative connotations. Right. And another word for that is just spin. Loss or gain. How does someone spin it to you? Right. Um, and, and, and we all do that. Uh, we all do that. You know, I guess the simplest form of it is do you want the good news first or the bad news first? Right. That's exactly it. Well, people tend to avoid risk when right. a positive frame is presented, but seek risk when a negative frame is presented. Yes. So they want to hear the bad news first. Right. Fear Gain on. and loss are defined in the scenario as a description of outcomes, lives lost or saved. 
disease yeah. patients treated or not treated. Mm -hmm. So prospect theory shows that a loss is more significant than the equivalent gain, that a sure gain, certainty effect, and pseudo-certainty effect is favored over a probabilistic gain, and that a probabilistic loss is preferred to a definite loss. Well, yeah, loss. We, our brains just go to the negative via default. So, it, yes, you know. Um, well, he did an experiment because, you know, they like, it, it can be, a, a hypothetical is great, but he he did decide to do an experiment and okay. participant, participants were asked to choose between two treatments for 600 people affected by a deadly disease. And I thought, wow, this is interesting and, yeah. and very, uh, you know, to the time, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. So, Treatment A was predicted to result in 400 deaths, whereas treatment B had a 33% chance that no one would die, but a 66% chance that everyone would die. This okay. choice- all, all or nothing. So, so basically right. it had a 30% chance of everybody living, but a 66% chance of everybody would die. Right. Okay. You would only get 400 deaths with A. Yes. So this choice was then presented to participants either with a positive framing, i.e. how many people would live, or with negative framing, how many people would die. And I provided you this table um, of the positive framing. Treatment A is given, it saves 200 lives. So yes. a 33% chance of saving all 600 people as a 66% possibility of saving no one. And then the negative framing is 400 people will die. Yes. A 33% chance that no people will die in a 66 probability that all 600 will die. Yes. And you, you know, basically... Which do you think they chose? They chose saves 200 lives, did they not? Uh, to a certain extent. They, they liked the idea of saves 200 lives. They that sounds not like a lot better than 400 people will die. Yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds terrible, I mean, right? But the they're exact, both the same. It's the exact same information. It's the exact same information, just a flip-flop. But right. And this is where... I, I went beyond this platform um, and he did do, they did take this study on an international level and they surveyed 53 countries and they published it in theory and decision in 2017. So this okay. is not like 1979, oh, this is an old theory. No, they're using no, we're still, this theory. We're still yeah. They're still using this theory. And it confirmed that the prospect theory describes decisions on lotteries well, not only in Western countries, but across many different cultures. The study also found cultural and economic factors influencing systematically average prospect theory parameters. Meaning okay. that if you spin it the correct, the, not the correct way, I don't wanna use the word correct. If you spin it in a certain way, then you will get 
the desired result. Yes. Almost always. Yeah. So it brought back the questions that I had given. Yeah, I said, you know, just think of three things about fear and fear mongering. And, and your questions were, how does fear often control us? And how can we take control back uh, through awareness and rational thought? And then how does this change things? Yes. So I decided to look at the news of today, which okay. is 1-3-2021. Yeah. And I looked at four networks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> There's no running away from the numbers. Fauci <laughs> laments surging COVID deaths. Right. Right. There's no running away. No. <laughs> Nothing you can do. Right. Because we're Nothing all you're home. doing right now. Yeah, will prevent COVID deaths. Now, to me, that's a that's a type of fear mongering, because then there's no solution. Well, that's so, exactly how I feel about the situation. Is I mean, it it is um, a, a no solution uh, situation, and and I I feel for um, gosh, I feel for everyone. Um, you know, I, I feel like for me that I'm typically able to go through my life and it doesn't um, affect my mental health. Um, you know, uh, other things affect my mental health, but, but COVID doesn't really, but I see it affect, uh, you know, uh, the average citizen. I see it affect um, healthcare workers um, and, and there's no win. There's, there's like no winning it right now. And um, well, if you believe the news, there's it's not. And this is where I resent a little bit because um, people who are making decisions who have the information, because I researched and you mean politicians, I, I do. I do mean politicians okay. in the greater sense. Specific. Yeah, politicians. Um, I, I think it's a little bit more complicated than just politicians. But I also nationally elected officials be the the media also because yeah I'm wondering if if there's no running away from the numbers that's one sentence out of a conversation that Fauci had yes but he has to be aware that his semantics his spin the way he chooses to say something does affect the population because they're looking to him as the guy that is telling us what we need to do. Well, okay. Some people are looking to him. I don't know. um, I didn't read this article that that you have. Um, I I honestly didn't see anything on the news today with with Fauci. Um, Overall, I find what his, I, I find him to speak from a place of, um, caution versus panic, um, that that's it, but the media chooses their sentences for their headlines so that they can create, um, sensationalism so that we'll click on it or we'll sit down and we'll watch it. So I don't know that he is to blame for it. And, and the other thing I have to say about that is it seems that there are almost as many people that think he's full of hogwash as there are that don't. Right. 
And and that's where, where when I say there's no winning in this, there's no winning in this because there's absolutely zero ability for our country to unify and all go in a given direction, whether that's we're not wearing a goddamn mask ever again, and we're just going to let the cards fall where they may, or we're all going to wear a mask every single time, and we're going to wear it on our nose and our mouth. Um, you know, there's there's just no winning. I mean, my little community, Bedford here, um, we had um, our swearing-in ceremony last week. And I saw pictures of the swearing-in ceremony, and at least two elected officials weren't wearing a mask, period. And well, see, this is why I looked up another the article on JSTOR. Okay. Like, I, I typed in J, you know, the JSTOR search. Yeah. Uh, framing, just framing effects. Yeah. And there's, there's multiple, multiple journalistic, um, subjects. It, it goes from war to I, these people are really taking this theory <laughs> to the point of wow, I couldn't believe that there were 46 pages of articles to look through. Oh, I uh, believe it. I mean, we frame everything like Christmas time, and a child wants to get a specific gift. Like, if they are smart they're going to frame their desire in a way that's going to get them the end result like this is this is just spin this is just how human beings communicate because we want to get what we want so yeah i'm I'm surprised that there weren't 146 pages (laughs) well there might have been i i didn't delve i mean i delved far into it but yeah i did find one article to be to relate to the subject we're talking about today is the effects of message framing and add credibility on health risk perception. Oh, goodness. Sylvia yeah. Heidegger and Martina Stoya Fisher. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's Stoyle Fisher. It's very German looking. Yeah, I don't think she would say school. Yeah. Either way. Uh, this this was also in 2017. Yeah. And it is about uh, the credibility of selling um, help. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Meaning yep. uh, drinking, smoking. Yes. Um, how, how will you sell a product? And this is framed towards um, companies like Pfizer, uh, d- all the large Eli Lilly, yeah. how, how to encourage people. Right. Be I mean, what do we see when, when I watch television and I see commercials, mostly what I see are commercials for um, cancer and um, for skin disorder, psoriasis. And to my limited knowledge, psriasis ain't going to kill you. But Can't you know me, I, I am like super sensitive about how my skin looks and, <laughs> and you, you can, don't have psoriasis. And if you, I know, if because you would, I, I know. And, and just imagine how hypersensitive I would become if I had a skin issue. I mean, not I'm, only that, that's my vanity me. right there. And clearly it's the vanity of many other people, not to say that psoriasis is not itchy 
and uncomfortable, oh, but it's, it, it is damaging to your self-esteem. Now, cancer straight up, we know it's going to kill you if you don't take care of it. Um, my point is, I see that if you have these two conditions, you're, yeah. you are already seeing a doctor. Yes. And that's what, if we're going to trust the signs that everybody's talking about, wouldn't you trust that your cancer doctor made sure you had the right medications and that you don't need an advertisement in between Fox network? One would think. One would think that if one you had psoriasis, one would think you you would go um, to a dermatologist and he'd right. be like, "Hey, right." But but you know, um, good or bad, with the advent of um, the internet and our ability to search things out on our own. Um, you know, uh, it is not uncommon for someone this, I don't go to the doctor very often. So this doesn't, I, I can't use me as an example, but I do know people go to the doctor and they're like, Hey, I have this and I need this. And the doctor, maybe that's news to them. That's not oh, the really, so that's, you're saying that we don't have continuing. Right. That's not the experience I have with my doctor, but I do hear people talk about that of like, well, I just went down there and, um, you know, told them that I need a script for this and they wrote it up for me. And I think, holy cow, that's insanity. That's a bad that's, doctor. Well, is it? Yes. It's see, and, and this is where I, I am. I'm very picky about my doctors. I want well, them to have Continuing yes. education. Yes. It, it, okay. When I yes. was in the insurance business, every, I believe, year or year and a half, you would have to take continuing studies. Mm -hmm. And you would have to prove it to the insurance company you're working with. And usually yes. they paid for it. Yes. Physicians have to have continuing studies. And I'm sure that they do. I believe that they probably don't get educated on every single condition, especially like a general practitioner. Um, I, I am not saying that that I'm not prepared to make a blanket statement that that all doctors that listen to their patients and and things. I think, no, some, I'm not I think some of these doctors might go, all right, lady, you know, if you're I, so I'm smart, I'm going to write the script and you just do whatever you want because you're going to anyway. I think the doctors should know about those drugs and yes. already know whether the patient needs that drug or not, because a lot of these drugs have serious ramifications. One would think. One, One would think. think. So, but I'm clearly, not, clearly, but that's know, not how it works. Group I mean, people like into like doctors are all bad work. Doctors sure. are all good. I, I'm very selective in the but fact it, that but it is it is curious that we do see so many commercials for prescription medication that in theory a doctor I mean they're the only one that can prescribe it. So right. theory, they should they know should, about it. They should be the gatekeeper of it. However, um, pharmaceutical companies are very savvy and smart. And, um, you know, my thinking is, is that they know that a doctor spends about eight to 15 minutes with each and every patient and each and every patient is very concerned about their own personal needs. And so some of those patients are going to come in with, I need, you know, I, I have these symptoms. I saw it on TV. This is the prescription that I need. I mean, acid reflux to me would be the, 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 um, 
prime example of that, you know. I guess I would go to the doctor and say, I have these symptoms. What do you have available for a solution to this problem? Sure, but lots of people don't do that. And then I would, (laughs) no, I would educate myself. I would already go in there knowing. No, well, that's that's what I'm saying is people go in there and I'm using air quotes right now, knowing what they have and they steer the doctor and, and I, you know, um, I, I, I kind of, it, it's, it is um, fear mongering. It is the pharmaceutical companies taking advantage of the little people, us individuals watching TV, seeing that commercial 700 times. Oh my gosh. It, it be realizing we have a terrible condition. And then six months later, we go to the doctor and we say, oh my gosh, I have this terrible condition. I've, I've all these symptoms. And some of these things, you know, maybe they're psychosomatic. Like well, maybe you've just seen the commercial so many times that you believe that you have it. Being and, an old lady, I play solitaire at night. Yeah, old lady, go for it. And I don't pay for it, right? So it's right. Microsoft solitaire. Okay. And what's required between like two or three games that you play is an ad. Wait a minute. Is that not just downloaded on our computers anymore? No. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't stop. I know. But, okay. Don't, no, we cannot talk about that. Okay. <laughs> That's totally different podcast. Yes. All right. It used to be a part. I do that shit for free. <laughs> no, it used to be part of your software. Yeah. I'm going to realize that these things are going to s- slowly trickle away. Um, what's very creative about what they're doing is is they they provide all for nothing mm-hmm. because there's no way you can provide all for nothing right it's never not one somebody has to pay somebody has to pay correct so yes. it's sort of like um free gaming like if yeah. you want to play a game and it's free to play yeah there are certain restrictions that the free-to-play players have versus the people who throw money at the website yeah yeah and I won't even go into the perks of so when, gamers. You're, when you're old lady playing solitaire at night, what kind of ads do you see? Uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to sell me cars, high-end cars. So I'm not just talking about your average. Yeah. Leather seats, the whole caboodle. Oh, I lovely, rode in my brother's car. You know what? I rode in my brother's car today, and I, I don't think I'd ever been in it before. And I was like, daggone, this is a nice vehicle. (laughs) You make a nice vehicle. And anyway, little side note, heated seats. seats. Oh, and gambling. Gambling. You get a lot of gambling. You know gambling. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know gambling, but I I don't either. (laughs) That's why I laugh at them. And they're really loud. Either way. Yeah. So still talking about fear mongering and, and that's, that's why I get annoyed it with specifically, uh, I don't mind so much the cars or, or, um, no, gambling, that is, you know, that is but, straight up selling. Okay. Right. That's, that, that's, that is yeah, that's all, selling. Yes. But, but telling me I might have rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Every five freaking seconds absolutely some people 
absolutely no, Marcy. They might just get it just because they hear it. I know symptoms. I I wish that's that, why they have placebo. Right, and and I wish that um, there would be like a huge, enormous fund um, that would go into advertising for exercise in general. Because if you were inundated with that information, um, you know, exercise. Uh, on a regular basis, uh, cuts your risk by 50% for most every ailment and disease. Yeah. Arthritis, diabetes, heart disease, cancer. I mean, high blood people, pressure, high stroke. blood pressure, all of these things. Yes. But um, we are not constantly inundated with that information. And here's the other downside it requires actual effort, it's not a pill. It's not a pill. No, it's not a pill. Fucking ass and go do and then repeat. Right. You can gamble gamble online. Yes. From your bed. (laughs) I guess that is very disturbing. It's a little disturbing. I find it highly amusing. I'm not making fun of anybody who's addicted to gambling, but it's never been my... um, I guess I look at it as I am not really the subject for this uh, prospect theory because um, well, maybe- because the way their tactics are and because I've studied um, sales tactics throughout my career because that's what I've done my entire life is sell things, either ideas or yes. Yeah, objects. I mean, we'll see. And, and, and me too. But I am savvy enough to know um, that sometimes, like, I actually really enjoy being sold. Like, I really enjoy a salesperson that's got a pitch that, um, you know, is knows their product and knows their product right. is going to fit me. But yeah, and, and, and I do enjoy good um, marketing when it's developed in, in a really uh, good, positive way. I do not enjoy um, this fear-based marketing. Um, well, let me let me spin it this way. I yeah. found the other research I was doing was uh, fear appeal, yeah. meaning you have to have a little bit of risk to uh, encourage a person to look at it. Yes. So, uh, and I'm going to read this out. Okay. Um, this is a really very well thought out pitch. It's on termites. And so you say to the person, nearly 30% of all homes have evidence of damage as a result of a termite infestation, all right? Honestly, termites are something I worry about. Wait, I, since I, termites I, can cause long-term damage, it's up yeah. to you to protect your home. Yeah. All right. We offer a complete home inspection that will ensure your home is free of termites, call us today to schedule your home inspection. Mm-hmm. So they're using fear. Yes. Your, your house might not have termites at all. They're creating and, a sense of urgency. Yeah, right. that, that, is a very, right. that is a very well thought out um, commercial. The, what I really liked about this guy's article is, and I think he's spot on, treat fear like salt. So if you're making bread, yeah. You use a pinch. pinch. Salt. A pinch. A pinch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If we use too much of it, we risk turning potential customers against us. 
absolutely if you use too little however our marketing will be dull and flavorless absolutely i mean that that Don't is, you think that's spot on oh i i think that's spot on um that's that's what i try to do um in my industry for many years it's changed uh in the fitness industry over the last 10 or so years um, it used to be a, a lot of fear-based, um, you know, a great deal of like, if you don't exercise, then you're going to be fat and right. you're not going to be attractive. And, you know, for guys, they're going to kick sand in your face and you're just going to be like a weakling. Um, so it was very much, um, fear-based and, uh, then, you know, the emphasis uh, started to become uh, not so much on vanity and narcissism, but a little bit more on health, but it was still fear-based. You know, if you do not, and I just said it a few minutes ago, you know, exercising cuts your risk factor for many diseases and ailments by half. Um, and, and that's, that's how I say it. And um, I don't, I don't tell people, you know, you're not going to be able to get out of bed if you don't exercise. However, I will be completely honest with you. I have clients. Um, a lot of what I do with clients is, um, uh, you know, um, back strength and spinal health and um, shoulder health and hip health. And, um, what I say to them, they'll come to me and say, um, you know, gosh, I really like it's Monday and man, I really feel awful today. And I'll say, what'd you do over the weekend? And they'll say, well, I didn't do anything. I just sat on the couch and mm -hmm. I watched TV and I'm like, that's why your back hurts. You got to move, move. It every day. Exactly. And so I do try to plant that seed um, not necessarily, uh, as a fearful seed, but an awareness of like, if you don't do it, this is the consequence of it. But I do hope that they fear the back surgery enough that they get off their ass six days a week. You know, well, I can't say this. If you stop walking for seven days, you have to relearn how to walk. Well, because I, I did. Yeah, I, I don't know if it, if relearn is the exact word, but it's definitely your muscles have had. You can't walk, Marty. Um, I mean, huh? You're you're in bed for two weeks, like yeah. I was two weeks straight. Yeah. I, I literally had to have two people next to me with a walker. Well, you Help you also had a hallway. You, you also had a lot of other trauma, you know. Um, right, right. But, I, I but two saying, solid weeks in bed and and. I wouldn't say that I sprung right out of bed, but nobody had to teach me how to walk. I was not right. that weak and incapacitated. But, but yeah, that's I, how quickly you do lose muscle mass. Yeah. So if you, you would think it would be a month. Or no, months. no. Um, if you uh, basically, if, if you go 10 days, um, your muscles start to atrophy. Um, if you go an entire month, your muscles, depending on your age, might atrophy by 10%. So you might lose 10% yeah. of your muscle mass. Now, that's a fear comment. That's a, that's that a is a fear thing. comment, but it's a true comment. But, well, then I have always follow it up with your muscles bounce back very quickly. So right. if you've been out for a month and you, 
even start, you know, with, with a minimal amount, then your muscles start to recover and they start to plump back up and um, you gain more muscle mass. Um, so it, it, it's not like if you've lost 10%, then, oh, you can never get it back or it takes years or anything like that. It just takes getting back into it. No, it, it took me about, I would say it took me two to three weeks yeah. to walk on my own. So as yeah. much time as I was down, it was as much time. Yes, as but again, but again you, you had a near death. Yeah, yeah. You know, but what I'm hearing, I'm not looking at the near death. I'm looking at the actual physical properties of, I didn't use it. So I lost it. Yes, but it's not, not, not by it, my it, own it's, will. It's not, no, not by your own will, but, but it, it's not it's that mad. extreme for everyone. It's, yeah. it's definitely not that extreme for everyone. No, no. But if you had to stay in bed for two weeks. Not moving at all, not getting up to use the restroom. My back would be killing me. You'd be a hot mess. And My I think back that's, would be killing me. Okay, so that's the extreme. Yes. Right? So yeah. we're, we're looking for a middle road here. Uh, yeah. You don't have to become a marathon runner. Right. Or go to the gym. Right every day. Yes. And well, and, and I mean, the point of it is, is that, yeah, fear, we do make decisions based on fear, fear and anger, um, are considered negative emotions, but they are emotions of change. So fear either paralyzes you or makes you do something. My problem is my, my issue with fear is do you do the right something? Because if you make a decision based solely on fear, chances are you did not do the right something. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm I saying? Would, you, you know, you, you know my thoughts on that. Yeah. I don't so, think anger or fear are exactly negative emotions. I think that they're emotions. I look at emotions as neutral. So it's how you use that emotion right. Um, right. for the and benefit so, of yourself or others. Yeah, and it's so marketing on you. and 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 the media um, uses fear for us <laughs> to. Um, well, let's okay. Let's look at the other headline. Uh, yes. Let's. Hmm. Fox News said Pelosi faces trickiest speaker election yet as Democrats begin new Congress with slim majority. Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just the way almost every headline after a year of darkness, trauma experts offer advice, find hope. That's the only positive thing I could find on um, one of the networks. Yeah. Well, I mean, positivity does not sell. Obviously not. But I think because we have access to so much. I mean, it, it took me about, I would say, 15 minutes to look at all these headlines when I went, yeah. like, if I just typed in Fox News, News of Today, boom. That would be the first page I, I saw yeah. on each of these networks. Yes. And it was nothing but either COVID, somebody dying, something blowing up, not one positive, uh, no... Right. The thing I just like most about what we're doing when we talk about COVID is it's always how many people are getting it and how many people are dying. 
no well, numbers okay, whatsoever so, so on the you, survivors. Okay, back up for a second. When you say we, you mean the news media because the conversations yeah, that I have with individuals are like, yeah, I had COVID, COVID, I felt bad for a day, or I had COVID, tested positive, never even knew I had symptoms. And the media does tell those stories a little bit. Little you know, bit. They, they do say, oh, such and such elected official had COVID and he was asymptomatic. Um, but by and large, what they say is that you know, 310,000 people have died from it this year. And now they're saying, you know, one person every minute is dying. <laughs> and um, you're like, holy crap, if I had to know the number of everybody who died today. Right. I, and I'm not just talking about COVID, but just, just, just in, even in my city alone, let's just say my city. Yeah. If yeah, you told me every day how many people died, yes, it would be crippling. Yes, it would be crippling. Well, I mean, I, that, I wouldn't be able to think about anything else. That's that's exactly you know what what I mean. I, I'm exaggerating. Um, but. no, but, but that's that's it is a little. It changes you. Um, you know, uh, yesterday I I um met a new person. Um, a, a highly educated, very rational person. And um, we were out in the woods taking a hike and um, our hands touched. And then they pull out hand sanitizer out of their pocket. And it was everything I could do to not laugh. Um, and, but I did, you know, I said, what's up with that? Are you really that concerned? And their response was, listen, I've got no one. If I get sick, I've got <laughs> no one. And I said, fair enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. Join the mothers that had no I, one. Their yeah, kids I, were yelling I and thought, screaming. For I their thought, what, no, what, sorry. A, what a typical See, this man. This is where it gets problematic. Um, yeah. I do realize he has no one. But if his temperature reaches 102, then he needs to call someone. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, surely it's not gotten so bad that um, I, I do know. But my, my point is, is that because of the media, I believe his behavior, I mean, as I said, this is my first time meeting him. Um, I believe that his behavior has changed because of what he's seen he doesn't want the hassle where if we were just talking about the flu um you know of years past i don't think that he would have carried hand sanitizer on his hike he might have might have i think there's a celebrity that uh, has a very extreme um howie mandel yeah howie mandel is he's been he, doing it for years he, he's been that way for years he ain't been right he knows there's germs out there he can't stop thinking about yeah. it yeah yeah and, no this is no different than that uh people should have had better hygiene yeah. it, it's just a, a fact mm -hmm. uh, having seen the restaurant industry black oh yeah it yeah it if there was a flu, almost more than likely, um, yeah. I didn't usually get it because I always washed my hands. I mean, I was very stickler about that. If yeah. 
Well, I, I knock on wood have not been sick since 2009. Right. And, um, you know, uh, I've, I've had days where like, I feel a cold coming on. Um, and, and, um, my ass just stays in bed. If I don't feel good, if I feel like something's about to come on, that bed is my best friend. And um, it helps me heal and recover faster. I know this. And it also keeps everyone else safe. And I don't mean just safe from germs, but safe from the tornado that is sick Marcy. Because <laughs> nobody wants to be around that lady. She's bad news. She's <laughs> no, most people are not very kind while they're sick. No, I, they get I, quite vicious. I am, I am very needy. Very, very needy. <laughs> if there's a person around, I need them. And mostly it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, will you stroke my hair? Will you watch TV with me? But, I, you know, but, that but if I'm thinking alone, I'm just like alone. Yeah. That goes back to the fear mongering of, you know, how that gentleman believes like he's the only one. So he really has to be super careful. Yeah. And that's, it made me sad. It made me sad. that It's a little sad about our culture because that was not the case when I grew up. No. Um, It wasn't the case when I was in my thirties and forties. No. I mean, the last time that I got sick, um, and maybe he was exaggerating, but still he did get the hand sanitizer out. He could have just waited and washed his hands well he was casual about it and i'm sure i am am observant and was like yeah i know it's like getting the chapstick out now yeah it's like what'd you put on your hands but um yeah i mean when when i was sick you know 2009 um with what i think was s1n1 it was terrible awful stuff and um god bless my neighbor angie she brought me real homemade chicken soup Yep. because yeah we take care it's of each other and, and in indiana yeah. but there is a fear that that especially for for those that are alone that live alone that there's nobody there for them and um that's sad because there are people like i, I just met the dude and i'm not saying i'd go over and like you know sit with him for five days straight mm-hmm. but i i'd bring him some chicken soup right you know I'd, I'd put some effort out like I do that for a stranger exactly that's that's the kind and right thing to do and and but you know it's yeah and, and it's a different I, I think if if more of the community started working towards that type of situation mm-hmm. and and not focusing so much on that their neighbor is an enemy <laughs> they've got the bid yeah but more being just aware I mean you could still cook them chicken soup and leave it outside the door. I mean, you don't even have Absolutely. to go in. You don't even have to go in. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, there are precautions that could be taken. I feel that the U.S. government and the media in the U.S. has not been responsible in providing realistic solutions to this problem. I agree. I believe it's, it's been quite disappointing. Yes. It's a knee-jerk reaction. You asked me um, how long it took to uh, create the polio vaccine, right? 
Yeah, I did. Well, uh, I ditched that because polio is a waterborne disease. Okay. So it is I did not, not know that. I did not realize that at the time um, because I've been vaccinated by the polio virus, so I don't even think about it. We all have. Uh, not all of us, no. Um, it, there was a period of time that you would get vaccinated, and now they no longer do it. Oh, they don't? No, they don't. When did they stop doing that? I believe sometime in the 80s or 90s. Don't quote me on that because I can look that information up here in a second. Would you like me to look it up? Uh, If you got a sec, I mean, 80s, 90s is fine. I just didn't know. Um, And I had two kids vaccinated for lots of stuff. Yeah, you probably had them vaccinated for rubella, diphtheria, and the measles. Which pertain to what we'll be talking about, because those are airborne diseases. Yeah. Um, so polio is water. That's okay. I, I'm, I am sorry, to My general contractor texted me. <sighs> Should we pause? No, not at all. It's 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 taken care of. We're um, you know, kind of at a like demolition is done, and uh, so now it's regroup, reorganize, and plan for reconstruction. So oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Except for there's not really any plan right at this moment. No. No. I am, I'm frustrated, but that's a whole other thing. That is true. <laughs> so the, Our I, podcast is about fear-mongering, not Marcy's frustration with her inability to get exactly what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to get back to you on the polio virus. Yeah. I mean, vaccine. When they stopped doing um, I believe it was phased out. 1985, there was a goal set for polio elimination in the Americas. Uh-huh. And then. So do you happen to know, um, so polio, it was around for about five years um, before the vaccination came out, right? No, it's it's very old. It, so really? Um, it yeah, not a new yeah they, they've known about it since uh, the first U.S. polio epidemic happened in 1875. Okay, and then the second one happened, the one that we're all familiar with, about, what, 1940-something? Uh, there was a outbreak um, before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, FDR had polio in okay. 1934, right? So that's when polio really Okay. Again, it came to the forefront when a politician had the disease. Okay. By God, we're going to find a cure. <laughs> I okay. You remember the March of Dimes? Yeah. So, so that's in 1938. Okay. Um. So Roosevelt got polio as an adult. Yes, when he's in his okay. 30s. Okay. Yeah. So, so my, it, it could hit anybody. Okay. Yeah. Um, my, 
my lack of awareness because, you know, I, I always thought that it was a childhood disease because we know it, the media marketed it. Uh, they marketed for children because they knew that we would care more about children than adults. Yeah. Which might be the problem with COVID now. Yes. Is, a little bit. So yes. Sadly, so yeah. when I did all this research on polio and, and how long it took to create the vaccine versus when they first did their trial run, so to speak, I ditched it because it's a waterborne disease. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty useless information. Okay. Um, uh, the timeline for an airborne vaccination yeah so I, I will i will definitely get back to the podcast at the end of the podcast i'll do some research and see uh -huh. if i'm correct about the polio vaccination um no longer being given okay yeah. but that's I'll, I'll do that research and put it at the end of the podcast the measles um they still do that they still do that of course they do that yeah, that that would be crazy talk. Um, so in 1958, the first measles vaccine was tested. In what year? 1958. The first, really? I thought that, yeah. that was older than that. Wow. Well, there were epidemics, but they did not have a vaccine until 1958. Because in 1954, Thomas Pebbles isolated the measles virus. So they finally figured out what the measles, you know, sort of like COVID, uh -huh. trying to figure out what this virus is, what it looks like, what it does. Uh, they came out four years later with a vaccine. Uh-huh. To that be tested. Not to, to be, be tested, given to the public. But, but to, to be, be tested. tested. Okay. Not until 1963. Whoa. Was there a vaccine that was licensed? Wow. So, so, so Donald Trump truly did accurately name this Operation Warp Speed. Yeah, um, pretty much. And, and I'm, I'm doubtful. This is where my doubts come in with the vaccination. I, I am not telling anybody what they should do, whether they should get it, whether they shouldn't get it. Mm -hmm. What I and looking at for myself is I want to see a larger test done before I decide to get the vaccination. Sure. I want to see uh, what reactions there are. I, I want to know if there's another competing company because in 1968, another measles vaccine came out and that's the one we're using now. Yep. So, so I, five years later, another company came out with a better solution. Yep. I, I think that that's a valid point. Um, kind of where where my frustration comes in at is um, we want to just ignore this. And, and I understand like there are very much financial ramifications. I mean, my business has been significantly impacted because people are not getting out and um, interacting with other people which is like valid. I, I get that. I appreciate that. However, the electric company still wants paid. My employees still need to be paid and taken care of. And it, it, it's a frustrating thing because um, 
there's just like, we just don't know what the answer is. And what's happening is everyone is arguing and disagreeing and becoming incredibly irrational about a situation that we're all going to be in for a while. Um, and, and, you know, what's happened, what, what the impact of that is, is it's sowing distrust with um, scientists and doctors and 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 nurses is is you know people are not going to trust them because you know exactly what you just said we don't know for sure but they're saying you know the scientists are saying okay this is ninety percent effective this is what's working this is what's going to get us through and then we are saying nope we don't want to do that but then we're also saying we don't want to socially distance. We don't want to wear masks. We don't want our gatherings to be impacted. And basically we're just at this place where we are throwing a little tantrum. We don't want to do anything. And I get it. I get it. I don't want to do it either, but it makes no sense for me to lose my mind over it and yell yell at my neighbor about not wearing their mask or, you know, I look at gains and loss and Yeah, I'm not getting the loss. Exactly. The data from the government as to what my gains and losses are. That's Mm -hmm. the information I want without having to do a seven day research paper on where to find this information to get um, the test results from the CDC. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have conferences. They're having Mm -hmm. a conference in February, I believe. Right. Well, and the other part of it, I think that we all have talked about is we, they're fear mongering us with, you know, 300,000 deaths. Right. So man, how, 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 many, giving- how many people did, how many people didn't die? Like 90% right. of the people don't die. And quick side note, um, just, I, I texted my doctor friend about polio shots and she said, yes, four shots, two okay, at two so months, they are still doing four four at six months, um, and, uh, 18 months and then four and six years. So yes, they, they do a few rounds. We are still polio vaccinated. Um, but yeah, maybe I'm thinking about smallpox. Either way. Good. Yes. Polio. I was, I was hoping that I was, that's why I was like, I need to go back and look up that information. So, um, yeah, yeah, that that's where um, you know the the I get frustrated Thank with the fear mongering that's going. Hey, no problem. That's going on in the news is we're not talking about the ninety percent of people that live, um, and and this is not a bite. Yeah, I don't even want that information. I I don't okay. want. Yeah, I kind of do. Thing. I I kind of do because I don't. I want the facts. I want. Um, I want. Well, that's a fact. No, no, no. I mean. When the when CNN talks, correct? I don't want to hear sound bites. I don't want to hear statistics. I want to hear. Hey, you could share a website that you can go look at this yourself. And this is the information it provides. Like, give us some facts. Yeah, Stop. the Indiana Health Department dashboard has been um, a disappointment initially. Uh, the way that they presented the information, I felt like was very straightforward. And now it's very convoluted. And the only thing that we really know is that, um, you know, um, my county is a number three, which means it's in the red zone, which theoretically means we should be shutting things down again, but we're not. 
And, right. and, and so what? And, right. This right. Is where... and, and my feeling on it is if 90% of us live, and this is not, a, this a is where I believe is, is I'm like, if 90% of us live, let's live. Let's live. Not only that, but this is where they use too much salt. Like yeah. if, if they really wanted positive results and, and, and a sense of um, how can we get the community to participate mm-hmm. in this problem, they, they just salted it so much that now people just don't, they don't right. believe they have any credibility. They've lost yeah. all credibility. Thus, their advertising well, dollar. And it's, and it's also been, you know, from fear, fear mongering from another angle is um, it's been presented as a um, this is a, a way that the government is permanently taking away your freedom by asking you to wear a mask. And so it's it's there's a lot of fear mongering going on from every side. Yes, and, because they and, lost their credibility. Well, I'm not saying that they didn't, but I'm also saying that that was an opportunity that was seized upon um, by certain groups. And then it just spread like wildfire of, you know, this, this idea of, I don't want my freedoms taken away. They're going to take my guns and so they're going to make me wear a mask yeah, and it's going to be a permanent thing. And that's not rational. That's, that's, that's not rational. We're not coming after you guys, right? yet. That's I'll let you know on this podcast. And <laughs> yeah. And 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 that's where I'm I'm very, you know, it, it's just like nobody wins. And and that's yeah, I, that it's that's my concern with the vaccine because I, I do believe in vaccines. I believe in the science of vaccines. Mm-hmm, okay. What I want to see is that the science really plays out and right. that takes time. And I don't want to hear promises that it'll be in six months that by Easter and then they move the goalpost to a different right. time. And right. It's sort of like, I mean, that, that is frustrating too, because that sets people up. I mean, me, it's a lie. It, well, it's it, a manipulation. It, it is. And, and people it's make decisions. It's going to take five years. Well, people make decisions based on that. You know, for instance, you know, my business, like I, I am getting into the event and banquet business, but I don't know when, because I don't know when I'll be able to, but I currently own the facility to do that. But until I know that um, I'm going to be able to actually rent the space to 300 to an event that's going to have 300 people, I'm not even fixing the place up. Well, and, not only and that, but you're not telling people we'll be open in May. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't absolutely know yet. And that's that's kind of I I have um you have a projected goal. Yeah, I, I had two people contact me last week about renting the space for this summer. And what I said was, you know what, I can't tell you for sure and that I will be in a position to do this because it I'm not gonna do anything until I know something. And I said, so how about we revisit this in 30 days? And then in 30 days, I might ask you to revisit it again. And I wish I could tell you something else, but I can't. Right. And so, um, because I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm overselling and then end up under delivering. Um, and I also don't want to put myself in a position where I take their money 
and then can't provide a service. Well, I host okay. a spreader no. event. <laughs> I, I didn't even include this in the research. Um, the amount of money that it takes to develop a vaccine and, and the fact that we have this bill that's coming through hasn't even gone through yet. Has anybody totally, I know it got vetoed and now where is it? Where does that stand? I don't know. I, I saw on Facebook that um, one of my Facebook friends had a $600 deposit pending in her account. So really? it sounds, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like. Done you know, deal. All uh, right. It's well, a done deal. I, I looked at that bill, you know, I did. Yeah. Why didn't we take all that money, the trillions of dollars that we spent and we provide solutions to the economic problem in the U.S., Solely. I think that that's in the U.S. podcast. I think that's is it a different doing. podcast? Yeah, because you know the rant that I'm going to go on because um, people want to blame politicians, but they elected those fuckers. I know, okay? and, 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 <laughs> and, and 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 that is a whole other thing. I feel no. Um, I I I am not going to you know um, say. I guess my point my, is, my point of it is is that if you want things to change, you have to take time to educate yourself. And like I said, that's that is like next week's podcast. I could talk about that for two to five hours about how frustrated I am with um, individuals, individual citizens that refuse to do something to create change. But they have plenty of time to watch TV, look at their phones, and repost memes about their government on Facebook. <laughs> right. Well, if that's, you have, that's if you have all really of that time, educate yourself on what bills are in front of your leaders. Educate yourself on who's leading, and then communicate to those leaders constantly, <laughs> weekly, weekly. Painfully. <laughs> and we and, and yeah, and I would love to get into that next week because that is something that I feel very passionate about because I have a personal experience with if you stay in contact with your leaders and you have a cause and you have concerns and you voice those concerns in a respectful, rational, consistent way, change can happen. But it doesn't happen really through protests or screaming and yelling or memes. No, it happens. Headlines. It, yeah, hap yeah. it happens with. Work. And that's where I believe that they put too much salt in the bread again. Meaning the fear mongering has created. I mean, I don't even know if this is true. I didn't go fact find it. That Pelosi's door. Uh, oh, I saw that. I saw that. that McConnell were vandalized. Both were vandalized. Right. And frankly, I was like, how did that not happen sooner? Nobody did that before. <laughs> that's been my go-to move. <laughs> that's, where, that's where you get the fear mongering. It results in a reaction. It's either a fight or a flight. A flight. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't see and, any benefit. Here's, here's what I wonder. Did those people that spray painted, did they also vote? Did they call them before? Did they like take time to write? Right. I don't know. I don't we know. Don't maybe know. they did. Maybe they did, but maybe they didn't. So anyway, I think this is probably a good place to kind of wrap it up. Um, I agree. Because I'm kind of getting hungry. 
and uh, dinner tonight might be eggs um, or it might be yogurt. Marcy's fearful of the store. Apparently, I am fearful of the store. I've not oh, been. Oh, really? I, you know what? Um, it's not about COVID, is it? It, it kind of is. Really? Kind of in there. It's not a fear thing. Um, it's a habit thing. So when we um, went under lockdown, um, prior to lockdown, my business is located across the street from a local grocery store that I, for 10 years, have gone into five to six days a week. I go, I would go every single day and pick up one freaking thing. I'm that lady. I am that lady and shut down, completely retrained me. And um, so I, I don't go to the store. I just, I don't. People talk to me about delivery service, grocery delivery service. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of particular about my bananas and I only buy them three at a time. So <laughs> talk about a tantrum. <laughs> I know. I know, right? I know. And I realized that that's, that is yeah, that's I, ridiculous. I, I do. I realize that that is ridiculous. I realize that it's not very rational. Um, but it is what it and is. Not productive. And it, no, it's not productive because I get really hungry, hungry. <laughs> and I do. And, and those of you that really know me know that hungry mercy is not pretty. Well, not um, only that, but you have to replace the energy you just spent exercising. Well, um, yeah. And, and, and I make, you know, bad choices. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just going to eat nuts and sugar, except now the only kind of nuts I have are pistachios and they aren't very tasty, which is sugar. And, no. um, yeah. So Not unless they're an ice cream. So it, I know my God, pistachio ice cream is the best, but, but anyway, I mean, COVID has changed us all. Um, I, I have a feeling that for me, this is a permanent change in my life. Like I can't see me getting back into the habit of going to the grocery store every day. For one thing, I'm, I'm moving my business. So I won't be across the street from the grocery store anymore. Um, for another, I live alone. And, um, for another, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm set in my ways. There's a whole other podcast too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I am a habitual, I get into a habit and this is the habit that I'm in. And so anyway, I've, it could be only temporary. It could be always been like this. No, I haven't always been like this, but it does. and, And I think we should drive that home for the end of this podcast that, uh, Things are very temporary. Yes. And whether it goes, um, I I am concerned about losing rights, but I'm not, I'm mainly, I think COVID, unfortunately, not to be punny, is a symptom of other rights that we're losing that we should be more aware of. Yeah, well, whether masks are really taking away our again, rights. that's that is a whole that's another podcast altogether. And, and in my but, opinion, that's something we've not been paying attention to for twenty years almost. It don't say that. I, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> how I feel. The patriot either way, not a good act. Hopefully, it delivers a message of stop listening to the fear mongering. Start yes. start it start using the internet as it was originally meant to be as a research tool. It originally their greater, you know, their greater thought 
when they first created the internet was this is a great resource. This mm -hmm. is information dissemination. Oh. This makes it available. It's sort of like when they broke into uh, Louis, I believe it's Louis the 16th, correct? I don't know. What are you going to say? <laughs> they broke into his what? His pop rocks? His, his palace and stole all his artwork. Yes. And he created the Louvre yeah. for the public. The public, yes. And, yeah, and that's absolutely. originally what the internet was supposed to be, yeah. not a tool to create fear among a large population. Yep. And, and it's resulted in that if you just look at the headlines, if you don't go further, um, yeah. I even go so far as now you're, you're having to do your own journalism because journalism refuses to tell facts. Yes. Or you could be like me and just uh, worry about the local things and right. use the internet as a great tool for entertainment by watching kitty and puppy dog videos. Well, and I use an old cute goat video. I would like to do that, but having been forced to wear a mask, which, you know, I find no pleasure in, I, I, I like looking at people's faces. Everyone thing. does. Everyone does. There's there's nobody out there that's like, I, well, okay, there are a few people. There are yes, a couple there people are. that are like, I like the mask because right. I don't have to brush my teeth anymore. Oh my gosh! No, I saw a commercial. Wait, before we end this podcast, okay. so weird. I saw breath, bad mask, bad breath is real. Yeah. So it's an advertisement on buying peppermints. Yeah. Um, clearly, you've never like eaten French onion soup and then been trapped in your mask for two hours because that's not a good, that's not a wise choice. And that really makes me um, reconsider what I choose to eat when I go on dates because I never really gave it any thought before. And now, yeah, now I'm, I can only eat sugar on dates. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's how well I know a person. I mean, I don't go on dates anymore. So, um, right, right. Well, it really pertained to me, but I agree. If it was a first date or a second date, I mean, after a while, you have to break that shit down. Well, yeah. But and I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm at the, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. at the beginning stages of this BS until I quit again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, it sounds like a New Year's resolution. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's just, you know me, that's how it goes. Like, you know what, I haven't, haven't dated for six months and now I'm like, I'm going to date again. And I decided that on Saturday and I'm, or Friday, and I went on a date on Saturday and today's Sunday. And I'm a little bit like, I think I might be done. Yeah, Too that's hard. where that fear plays in. And that's a good point. It is again to end the podcast that fear creates a self censoring and a sense of doubt, and you make different decisions based on whether it's a positive, absolutely, or a negative. Meaning, absolutely, if, again, that's a whole other podcast we could completely talk about why I don't date because I am afraid, but we're not going to because well, guess what? I'm talking to my already. therapist tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well. Go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. 
All right. Thanks guys for listening. This has been Christy and Marcy with It's So Weird podcast. And I hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, I hope that you realize that we are not experts on anything. Um, We're just getting together, talking, having a good time, hopefully giving you something to chew on for the week and to think about. Um, Maybe have a conversation. You don't agree. Yeah, whatever. Or talk to Um, your friend about it. So, but the most important thing of all, Christy, Mm. is that we tell them how to find us, which is www.itssoweird.com. We are also on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. And if you want to send us money, you can just send us an email. We are itssoweird101 at gmail.com. You could also hit us up on Facebook, um, Instagram, you know, uh, However you find us, especially if you want to give us money, you also have the option of giving us feedback, but I like money more. I like feedback. She likes the feedback. I like the money. So it's been great. It's so weird podcast and we will talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. Thanks everybody. Cause you can't break. Lord have mercy on us all.